Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 15th of July, 2020 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Hong Kong is going through its hottest, most humid days just now, and we all feel like melting ice cubes whenever we go out. The heat has been turned up in more ways than one, so this week we have two stories for you that are sure to bring a little bit of a chill into your life. What better time to listen to some stories about snowy landscapes than the middle of summer? As we perspire in the streets this week, we'll be listening to Frederick's story of a long drive and X's story of a deep dive. Before we get to today's stories, though, a huge and reassuring hug goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We know you've been overheating, but hang in there. There must be cooler times ahead. Hellos go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week, particularly, listeners in Hyderabad in India, Dublin in Ireland, and Boardman, Oregon in the USA. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our July show has been postponed. An upsurge in COVID cases has led to a closure of all entertainment venues again, as we sit at home eating takeaway and wondering when we'll meet again. Our storytellers, however, have been practicing and honing their skills until the time is ripe to get back up on stage. Our workshops had just started up again when they're once again cancelled. But we will be poised and ready when the latest restrictions are lifted to hear your stories in our free workshops once again. Stay safe, Hong Kong, and thanks for continuing to be awesome. If you want to know more about Hong Kong Stories, go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now with the story from our January 2020 show, which had the theme of Ready, Steady, Go. Here is Frederick. Ready, Steady, Go. Ten weeks ago, together with my wife, both our local Chinese, has decided to, set a, uh, to start a self-driving tools from San Francisco all the way to Denver. With business event at both ends, we decided to add a short vacation in the middle. The Yellowstone Park, a place that we want to go a long time ago. And there is the lovely lodge in Cookie City, which is close to the Northeast Gate. And there is a lot of good sharing, good memory shared in most of the traveling portals. The Yellowstone Park is actually nine times as big as Hong Kong. <laughs> so. Gee, I need to break my car. It was 7 p.m. local time. When I checked my Google map, we have been driving for 10 hours, about 1,000 kilometers already. And, and the outside is a little bit Duck. But why I have to step, uh, I have to break is because the gate was blocked. Then I say, oh my God, we still need two hours driving and we can arrive at our lovely lodge. But the gate was closed. Then I wear my 
knitted cap, open my door and go down to check. Oh, it is due to a bad weather just happening before the sunset. Ah, I remember. When we start from the morning, it is a bright and cold autumn. With all the beautiful trees around us with relaxing wet leaves. But when we fill up our gas tank in the evening, then we find out there is the Nordic storm start to wheels about us. Oh, okay, I would say that's normal. Let's check. Oh, the road is a bit icy, but still good. I would say. Then my wife said, Oh, do we have plan B? Then I would say, don't worry, I have a plan B. It's just take three hours more driving, and we go through the Bozeman and come back again. We still can arrive at Cookie City. So, like a cowboy, I say, don't worry, I have the plan. <laughs> Trust me. Okay, then we start to drive. And hours later, my wife starts to worry. When, we, when she feels the road traffic is getting less and less, the outside is getting darker and darker, and we really feel the snowflake is coming. And all this is the power of this Nordic storm. When we drive through the road, it's just like we are going through a sandblasting process. <laughs> so then suddenly my wife suddenly said, Oh, we lost our GPS signal. It's in the mountain, and we forgot to download the offline map, and we are lost. <laughs> I said, oh, how come? I'm so careless. For even for a plan B, we should download this offline map so that at least we know where we are. Okay, but I would say, I try, tends to be a cowboy again. I would say, okay, don't worry. Remember, those days, the, uh, the cowboy, when they try to go west, they don't have GPS. They can still find a way. And uh, State Road 191 is the only road that can go to the postman. So we should just follow the road sign and we can be there. And then we drive and drive three hours wordless driving. And my wife is just checking the GPS. Where is the GPS signal? Is it going back, going back? Oh, but three hours later, I suddenly said, yeah, we solved the problem. We find the north gate of Yellowstone Park. We are back to track now. Yeah, we celebrate. We, uh, we really solved the problem of the GPS. Now we are just following back our road. Okay. And then we are in a very exciting mode, and even it is close to midnight, because we said, oh, we really solved a problem. Suddenly, I have to really break again sharply. The reason why, again this time, is not because the road is blocked, but there is a gang of wild buffalo, about 10, just blocking our road. And some of them is as heavy as our car. Oh, we said, okay, so what happened? It's just 20 kilometers away, and we can find our lovely lodge. If they start to attack us, are we really can safe to be there? We just walk, look outside, 
oh, we are in a very dark valley. The outside scenery is good, but it's very difficult to see. So, what can I do? I would say, okay. I say, okay, I'm a quality professional. I learned the damming cycle. There's a four step. Okay. Plan, do, check, and act to solve a problem. So, okay, I pretend to my wife, okay, I have, a, I have, the, uh, I have the solution. Follow me. Step number one, uh, plan. So I check, quickly check whether we are safe or not, if our resources is available. Is that all the door is locked? Okay, we have not hit any wild buffalo yet. So we said, at least we are now safe. So the panic stage gone. And the second step, we just do something and tell the wild animal our intention. What we do is first dim our headlight a little bit to show our non-aggressive approach. <laughs> then I do a reverse, but just a few inch and then stop and really tell those wild animals, our strong intention is to go forward. <laughs> then we come to the third uh, step. Then we have to check. Now we cannot do anything, we have to wait. This takes a bit long. About two minutes later, we start the first buffalo start to move away from us, and the other just follow. Finally, the fourth step is natural. It's ready, steady, and go. <laughs> Around 20 minutes later, we arrive at our lodge. And when we go, up, go down, when we see, oh, we have already six-inch snow on the ground already. So thank you. What would you do if you found yourself staring down a herd of buffalo? Frederick was unfazed, but I'm not sure I'd be so cool-headed in that situation. If you have a story about facing down wildlife, or a story about a long journey, or unfamiliar weather, we want to hear it. Send us an email on storieshongkong at gmail.com or through our Contact Us page on hongkongstories.com. And now with a story about a different chilly adventure from 2018, here is X. An Odyssey Start from St. Petersburg. I traveled for 34 months all the way to the west, targeting Siberia. Rather than hoping city to city by bus or by train, I mostly walk in order to explore the world outside daily routine and test myself under various situations. The following episode happened in the third winter of my journey, located in North Dakota, which is the coldest among 48 states in mainland USA. And more deadly, the great prairie region is fucking windy <laughs> with no trees. I know I'm able to sleep outside in freezing temperature without tents or sleeping bed as I did earlier in minus 25 degree. But in order to preserve energy, 
and save my minimal fat reserve, <laughs> I better behave normal, as everybody else do. Pay and stay in a motel in this little village, 25 kilometers south from Canada border. I relax in my room. Have a calm evening before a life-threatening challenge caused by me. The motel was ordinary; everything working fine, typical USA style with a huge car park. By the side, all the snow was piled up into a mound, size about two minibus, one story high. Provided with this material and whole night idling in this familiar motel I stayed before, perfect situation for me to try something new. New skill for winter survival. <laughs> so the task: construct a chamber in snow to contain myself. I pick up. The multi-purpose shovel, which accompanied me traversing one and a half continents, I begin digging a tunnel in snow from the base up to the core. When the tunnel was long enough to swallow me head to feet, I excavate the top of the tunnel, making a living room similar to Beaver's home. As I'm not Elsa, building my snow palace was exhausting. <laughs> I return to my motel room, take off some warm clothing before resume my work to prevent sweating. Eventually, I hollow out a minimal space to lie down and sit up. Soon the project would finish. I dig non-stop to touch up and push all the snow down the tunnel. The only way out. Then I realize a problem. Do you? <laughs> I seal my only exit. <laughs> Trap myself in this tiny, dark, cold space. In a pile of snow, <laughs> shit. Same as in avalanche, air outside would be unavailable. Unavailable. I will suffocate soon. As snow is sun-proofing, I cannot call for help, and I don't think people in motel. Would be crazy enough to realize somebody inside. <laughs> so, I would rest in peace through winter. <laughs> I believe I deserve dying in a heroic way rather than stupid way. <laughs> I have to save this guy. First, I tell myself, "Calm down. Otherwise, adrenaline will kill me by speed up respiration and deplete oxygen inside soon." 
Then I think I sit, I sit down and think a way to get out as soon as possible. Thermal cutting snow with urine is fast, <laughs> but I'm not nervous. <laughs> to have enough pee melting all the way through a month. Then plan B. I have to break through my construction. I held my fist, punch on the wall above tunnel. Nothing happened. I cannot smash it by just a punch, as Hawk do, because the wall is as solid as ground. As there is no easy way to get out, saving life have to struggle, shovel by shovel. I think about the thinnest area of my chamber, probably the ceiling. I concentrate. To attack there by shovel, chunk of snow fall onto me. I dig nonstop for another minute. Eventually, I manage an air hole. Safe now, I feel relieved. Then I work out the hole into an exit, escape alive from my tomb. The construction cannot function anymore. Anyway, I have enough practice for survival <laughs> instead of suicide. Thanks for listening to today's stories, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.